Our gospel lesson, the lesson for our sermon is from Luke chapter 17. Jesus said to his disciples, Things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. But woe to anyone through whom they come. It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. So watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. Apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. He replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. Suppose one of you has a servant plowing or looking after the sheep. Will he say to the servant, when he comes in from the field, come along now and sit down to eat? Won't he rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink, after that you may eat and drink? Will he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, we are unworthy servants, we have only done our duty. This is God's word. Maybe see that. Dear friends of Jesus, one of the most common criticisms that people have of Christians is this. It's just for Sunday mornings. You ever heard somebody say something like that before? They'll say, you get all dressed up and you look nice, but just for one morning, you sure don't seem any different than anybody else during the week. It's just for Sunday mornings. People watch how Christians live their lives. People especially notice when what Christians do in their lives doesn't match up with what Christians say. Is it true that faith is just for Sunday mornings? If it were, if faith were just for Sunday mornings, then do you know who the first one to criticize us would be? Jesus. Jesus taught his disciples to live a, a life of faith, that faith is to impact everything in our lives. Jesus said, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus doesn't ask us for just one hour a week. He asks us for our entire lives. Today, Jesus gives us three ways that a life of faith shows itself in everyday living. Here's teaching number one. Jesus says, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. But woe to anyone through whom they come. It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. Let's start with this. A life of faith takes sin seriously. Our world today thinks that sin is okay. There are temptations all around us all the time, but a life of faith takes sin seriously. Martin Luther once said, you can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from making a nest in your hair. Understand what he meant? Temptations are going to come. That's inevitable. 
But a life of faith takes sin seriously and tries to shoo off those temptations as much and as often as we can. But not just for us. Did you catch whom Jesus wants us to be concerned about? He wants us to be concerned about other people. A life of faith is always concerned about other people. Jesus wants us to watch ourselves so that we don't cause other people to stumble. You see, Christians aren't to compete with each other. They're to encourage each other. As Christians, we're not trying to trip each other up so that we feel better about ourselves. We're trying to save each other. A Christian never wants to be the one who tempts someone else to commit adultery. A Christian never wants to be the one who teaches someone else to disrespect the government. A Christian never wants to be the one who shows other people how to be greedy or how to curse. As Christians, we're to watch ourselves to never do anything that causes someone else to stumble, especially the little ones. Jesus has special concern for little ones. When he says that, it's clear that Jesus is, is often talking about little children, little ones, but it's also clear from the Bible that Jesus isn't just talking about little children. He's, he's talking about the people who believe in him, especially people who might be new to faith or weak in faith. Jesus has a special concern for his little ones. In fact, he says it would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. Those are pretty harsh words. Drowning would not be fun. Do you agree with that? But Jesus says it would be way better for you and me to drown than to suffer in hell for causing his little ones to stumble. Jesus says, watch yourselves. Watch yourselves that you don't lead anyone else into sin. A life of faith takes sin seriously. Here's teaching number two. I promised the kids I was going to number them off, right? Teaching number two is this. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. If they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. If you look at what Jesus says, it's, it's really ironic. First, Jesus says that a life of faith takes sin seriously. And then Jesus follows it up by saying that a life of faith is always the first to forgive. Isn't that interesting? And Jesus says there's something that goes along with forgiving. It's rebuking. Rebuking is when you, you call someone out for their sin. Jesus commands Christians to rebuke other Christians when they sin. People today like to say, well, if you love someone, love doesn't point out people's sins. Jesus says, if you love someone, you will absolutely point out their sins. Why? So that they can repent and be forgiven. A life of faith rebukes and forgives. Even when those sins are against you. And this is the hardest part. But faith forgives other people even when they sin against you. Actually, Jesus says it like this. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. This is hard. Can you imagine someone, the very same person, 
sinning against you seven times in one day. That would hurt. I know what I would say after about the second time. I would say, if you do that again, you're going to get it. Right? That's the last straw. We don't like to have people hurt us. We plot revenge. We plot payback. Jesus says, if your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Each time. Every time. How? Jesus. We're talking about a, a life of faith in Jesus, right? This is what Jesus has done for us. He forgives us. Just seven times? No. How about 77 times? Jesus forgives us each time. Every time. All the time. So Jesus teaches us there's this, this paradox, this, this thing that it seems like two things that don't go together in the Christian life. A life of faith means that Christians are to be the first to point out sin and the first to forgive sin. Both things. Christians are more concerned about sin than anybody else in the world, but Christians are also more forgiving than anyone else in the world. Can you see that? This doesn't come to us naturally. It only comes through Jesus. A life of faith always forgives. Here's teaching number three. Can you remember the first two? Here's number three. Just tells a little story. He says, suppose one of you has a servant who is plowing or looking after sheep. Will you say to your servant when he comes in from the field, oh, come over here and sit down and rest. Won't you rather say, prepare supper for me. Make yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink. And after that, you can eat and drink. Will he thank his servant for doing just what he was told to do? So also you, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. What is Jesus saying? He's teaching us that a life of faith humbly serves. More than that, a life of faith serves God and others without expecting a reward. Without anybody else having to notice or to praise us. A life of faith humbly serves and says, I'm only an unworthy servant. I've only done my duty. For honest, I think when you and I serve, we usually serve kind of looking over our shoulder, thinking to ourselves, I hope someone's noticing. When we do something good, we, we always respect a reward, right? We say things like, there better be something good waiting for me at the end of this. How many times in our lives haven't we complained by saying something like this? Nobody notices everything that I'm doing around here. I mean, why would we serve others if nobody notices? Why would we do good things if we don't get a reward for them in the end? Huh? Why would we do that? Well, here's why. Christ's love compels us. It's a verse in the Bible. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 14. Christ's love compels us. That's our motivation for living a life of service to God and others. God the Father created you. 
Jesus, God the Son, he, he died on the cross to forgive all of your sins. God the Holy Spirit has put faith in Jesus in your heart. That means that you belong to God. You owe your life to God. Every thought and every word and every deed of every minute, of every hour, of every day of our lives, we owe to God. If we were to actually do everything God asks us to do every day of our lives, could we go to God and say, now you owe me something? No way. We would go to God and say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. A life of faith takes sin seriously. A life of faith What's the second thing? It forgives. Oh, I, I remembered. I was just testing you. Right? A life of faith forgives. Always in a life of faith serves humbly. Got it? It's kind of a nice little checklist, right? Just three things. You ready to go out and do it? Before you do, notice how the disciples reacted to Jesus' teaching. Did you hear what the disciples said? As Jesus was teaching them these very simple and clear commands about faith, they suddenly blurted out, increase our faith. Why would they say that? It's because as simple as Jesus' commands are, they actually sound impossible, don't they? Avoid sin, always forgive, serve humbly. Do you do that? You've got your little checklist. Could you go check, check, check? I don't think so. I couldn't. And the disciples couldn't either. And they, they realized it. They realized that a checklist doesn't actually save you. That when God tells us things to do, it doesn't actually make us feel better about ourselves. Jesus' commands actually show us all the things that we don't do. At least we don't do perfectly in our lives. The disciples realized that. They needed saving. And so they said to Jesus, Jesus, Increase our faith. You'd expect Jesus to say back to them, okay, here's some more faith. But he didn't. He told them another little parable. He said, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to a mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. The disciples misunderstood faith. The power of faith doesn't come from how big our faith is. If that were true, if, if the size of, of our faith is what saved us, then we could take credit for that, couldn't we? Then it would all depend on us and how big our faith is. It's not the size of your faith that saves you. It's the size of your Savior. Faith is trust in someone else. Faith is putting your life into someone else's hands. Faith is depending completely on the power of somebody else. So think of that, what that means with Jesus. If we have faith in Jesus, if our power depends completely on the power of Christ, how much power in the end do we actually have? All power, right? If our strength depends on how much strength Jesus Christ has, how much strength in the end do we have? We have all strength, right? It's not the size of the faith that matters. It's, it's the size of your Savior. Think of what Jesus has done for us. He's done everything. 
He's done everything for us. He, he perfectly kept every one of God's commands. Jesus in his life on earth, he never, ever, ever caused someone else to sin. Isn't that amazing? Not even his younger brothers. Can you imagine that? Not his friends. He perfectly guarded and kept their hearts and their minds and their faith in God. Jesus forgave always. Even the people who crucified him, he forgave them. Remember that? Jesus served humbly without ever expecting a reward. Jesus humbly served God and he served us simply out of love. Jesus perfectly followed every single one of God's commands. And, and then Jesus died on the cross. The one perfect one who had lived a perfect life of faith. He died for us and all of our sins on the cross to forgive us. And then he, he rose from the dead to win eternal life. And this is what faith does. Faith connects you to all that Jesus has done. Faith makes everything that Jesus has done yours. Jesus' perfect life of faith, it's yours. Jesus' death to pay for sin, it's yours. Jesus' resurrection and eternal life, that's yours. Faith connects us to Jesus and to everything that Jesus has done for us. The Bible adds the blessing of baptism. When you were baptized, you were given a new life. You were born again and God the Holy Spirit came to live in your heart. You're not a slave to sin. You're a servant of God. You don't belong to the devil. You belong to God. This is what empowers our life of faith. God does. There's a verse in the Bible, Philippians 2 verse 13, that says God is able to work in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. It's God who works in us the ability to live lives of faith. Because again, it doesn't depend on us. It depends on the power of our, of our Savior. How could we possibly avoid sin in our lives? By the, the strength of Christ who lives in us. How could we possibly forgive others even up to seven times a day? Because of the grace of Jesus that lives in us. How can we humbly serve, even when no one else is paying attention? By the love of Christ that lives in our hearts. It's not the size of your faith that matters, it's the size of your Savior. God is able to do impossible things through His people, through a life of faith. It was good for me to think about these three simple things that Jesus tells us about a life of faith. I was thinking about it during this week, and I hope you, you think about it during the next week. Here's some of the things that it did for me. One night this past week, I was walking around the block when a big dog without a leash ran up to me and started growling at me. And I hate this. It happens to me all the time. And I can't stand it. I can't stand people who let their big dogs out in the middle of the night to snarl at people as they're walking around the block. And so I thought to myself, I hope something bad happens to them. They are being irresponsible. But as I thought that, do you know what words came into my head? Forgive them. Somehow Jesus' words, it helped me to let it go. I couldn't do that on my own power. Jesus' words, Help me let it go. 
There was a moment this past week when I was doing something that no one else will ever notice. I bet you did some of those things this week too. I was doing something that no one will ever, ever notice. And as I was doing it, I was thinking to myself, why am I doing this? No one will ever notice this. But then I remembered, that's not true. Someone notices. Jesus does. He notices everything. And Jesus is the only one who matters, right? There was a moment when I was at my house this week when I was just about to complain about something. I do that too much. You probably do too. Right? I was just about to complain about something when the verse came into my head. Anyone who causes someone to stumble, it's better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone around their neck. And so I didn't open up my mouth and complain. Because when you and I complain, what do we lead others to do? Complain too. Right? None of those things are things that I could do on my own. My sinful nature was ready to do the opposite of what the life of faith that God looks for in our lives does. And yet this is what Christ and his word, it does for us. In our hearts, in our lives, day after day, it's Jesus who empowers us to live a life of faith. But maybe you're thinking to yourself, well, I thought we were going to do great things. Doesn't Jesus tell us we're going to do great things? Yes, exactly. Those are the great things. Can you see it? Those are the great things that God enables his people to do. God enables us to avoid sin and avoid leading others into sin. That is a miracle of God. God enables us to forgive others. That is a miracle of God. God enables us to serve humbly without looking for a reward. That is a miracle of God. And when we say to Jesus, increase our faith, Jesus says, you already have everything that you need. In fact, with faith this big, in my power, you can move trees. And not just on Sundays, every day of the week. So go and live a life of faith. Amen. Let's say a prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, in your word today, you, you give us three practical ways that faith in you is meant to show itself in our daily lives. But what you say is, is simple. To avoid sinning and leading others into sin. To forgive others every time they sin against us. To serve humbly, it's so simple. And yet, Lord, on our own, we can't do any of those things. Your commands just show us how often we've fallen short. And yet you make us this promise that just the tiniest bit of faith in you is able through your power to do great things. And so, dear Jesus, just as you've saved us and given us eternal life, we ask that with your power, you work in our lives these great things to take sin seriously, to forgive others always, to serve you and others humbly. Help us, Lord, to live a life of faith. In your name we pray. Amen.